just me, but I do love the Lord. And I'm so honored to be with you all this morning, and I thank you for this opportunity to share about missions and missions work through WMU. Uh, I'm blessed to be and honored to be here, but and I welcome any chance I get to share about missions and the love of Christ with others. And sometimes I can get a little carried away, so I'm going to try this morning and not be like the man, the pastor who just got some new false teeth. You know, I work in a dental office. I'm just like one of you. I have a job. Well, I did have a job. Now that I'm national president, that's just my hobby. But uh, anyway, um, I work in a dental office, so I know about this kind of thing. But that first Sunday after he got his new teeth, he preached for only eight minutes. The second Sunday, he preached for 10 minutes. But you know, that following Sunday, he preached for an hour and a half. And one of the deacons had to practically pull him down off the pulpit to get him to stop then. And when they got him off the pulpit, they said, we have got to know what in the world is going on here. You've got to explain. He said, well, you know, I got these new teeth. And that first Sunday, I could only talk for eight minutes because they hurt so bad. He said, the second Sunday, I could only speak for 10 minutes. He said, but you know, that third Sunday, I must have got my wife's teeth by mistake because I couldn't hush. Well, I am a woman, but these are my teeth, but, and I'm going to try not keep you all morning because I've got to zoom into another service soon. But anyway, in this past June, I was elected in Cleveland, Ohio, as president of Women's Missionary Union nationally with the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a missions organization whose mission has not changed now for 127 years, and that is to challenge Christian believers to understand and to be radically involved in the mission of God. We teach men, women, boys and girls, how to learn, pray, give, and go through mission friends, children in action, GA, RA, ACT teens, challengers, women and adults on mission. We have several ministries also where each one of us can be involved spreading the gospel locally and literally all around the world. Missions is my heart and I love to share about it any chance I get. It's simply the work of, of God through his people, you and I, the church, by which the God gospel of Jesus is extended in word and deed to every person in the world. You know, it's God's plan. It's his divine idea, his ultimate kingdom work, and we are the instruments he chooses to use. And I know that you here at Woodburn are very active in being those instruments of his love to the people everywhere. Throughout the Bible, God's desire and his instruction for his people is that they be involved in his mission of making himself known to all the nations. And since 1888, we have been doing just that through Women's Missionary Union. Jesus' last words were found in Matthew 28:19, of which we know as the Great Commission were words to his followers, you and me. And his message was clear. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He didn't say, if you want to, or if you feel like it, or if it fits into your busy schedule. He said, go. It translated in the original language to, as you are going. Which says to me that we must go and share Christ every day in our everyday lives. As you and I both know, lost people are not knocking our church doors down. 
They're out there where we do life every day. We must be alert and look for ways to introduce others to Jesus, just living our life as we are going. Ever since I became a Christian, I've had a desire to be used by God to make a difference in the lives of people that I come in contact with daily. Everywhere I go, whether it be family, co-workers, friends, even complete strangers. For example, let me tell you about an experience that happened to me just this past Easter season. Like I said, I work in a dental office. Uh, I, I'm a dental hygienist. I work three days a week when I can and when I'm not traveling. And I tell them I have sharp instruments and a captive audience. They're going to hear about my Jesus. So I'm very blessed in my practice that I, I am free to share Christ. And we talk about the Lord a lot in our practice. But I park in a parking lot across the street from the office. And it used to be a little... Uh, place for stores and stuff, but they're not there now. It's kind of a little ghost town across the street from our office. And so I park over there, and this particular morning there was a semi-truck, which we're in Smith Grove, Kentucky, is where I work. I work for the Bensons, a wonderful Christian couple. Uh, but I parked across the street, and this truck had parked there too, and he had this, the hood lifted down like he was having some problems. This large uh, African-American man was standing there, and if you've known me five minutes, you know that I'd never meet a stranger. So I went over to him, and I said, well, good morning. How in the world are you doing this morning? And I said, I see you're having a little truck trouble, but other than that, are you doing okay? And he said, yeah, I'm, I've called the, the place to come and fix it, and they're, they're on their way. And I said, well, I work at that dentist office across the street, and we're going to have prayer before we have work this morning. Is there a prayer need? I know you have truck need, but other than there, is there something that I could take to the group that we might pray about for you? And he looked at me like I had three heads, and he said, um, you want me to go in? I said, well, you all heard what I said. I said, of course, come on in. We'd love to have you. So I drag him in the back way of the office, and we get there where the group is gathered in this little circle in the back in our break room, and he stands a little back, and I said, well, I've brought another prayer warrior in here with us this morning, because uh, I hadn't even met the man. I didn't even introduce myself. I just said, yeah, come on. But anyway, he's standing back there, and uh, uh, we're, it's a real heavy morning that morning. There were a lot of cancer brought up, and as they would bring up a, a, a person to pray for, I would explain who that was. That's a patient we've been praying for, or that's a, a, church, a church member of some bodies or whatever. So I was explaining things. We got ready to pray. I grabbed his hand. I said, we hold hands here when we pray uh, in the morning in a little circle. The other staff member grabbed his other hand, and away we went, and we prayed and prayed and didn't pray specifically for him or anything, just, just had our prayer. And when we finished, my nephew works with in our practice now, and I was chit-chatting with him, and I noticed my new friend was going to everyone in the circle, and he was shaking their hand, thanking them for that experience. Also, I noticed that he had big crocodile tears running down his face, and I thought, oh my. He said, you all don't know what you did for me this morning, and the staff was just amazed, and he said, I'm not a church-going man. So that said to me, he didn't know my Jesus. So as we're going out of the office, it's about time to start patience, and I'm giving him the ABCs of how to become a Christian. I've given him everything I know on the way out the door. And I said, I, you know, we're going we're gonna to celebrate the risen Savior this Sunday, and I hope that you're in church somewhere celebrating my Jesus too. He's from Texas. He said, ma'am, you don't understand. By this time, he was boo-hooing, this big old burly man. He said, ma'am, you don't understand. He said, I was a stranger, and you invited me in. 
I thought, I've read that somewhere. <laughs> you know, that'll preach. He said those very words, and it was right when the St. Louis thing, the black and the white issue was, was going on. So I know that's, you know, he, he thought that was just one. He said, you all don't know what you've done for me this morning. So I went back in, and I, you know, I, I, we, we talked all the way out the door, and I went back in. And, you know, our staff is like all of you work with people that aren't on the same spiritual level or whatever. And, and it was not only good for that man, but it was good for our staff too because they saw just by me speaking to someone how easy it is to share your Jesus, just walking and doing life. They would just come to my room throughout the day and say, oh, Linda, that was the coolest. And, you know, I, I later thought, you know, he probably could have, he could have had a gun. He could have shot us all up. We could have done, you know. But God takes control of those things, and he ministered to our staff that day, and he ministered to me, and he ministered to Freddie the trucker. I'm praying, and I hope you join me, that he, one of these days he'll come back down I-65, and he'll tell me that he knows my Jesus. So pray with me about that. You know, as Christians, our impact on people can be major. As we touch lives of those we do life with each day, we can make an eternal difference in how they see God and how they view the future. And WMU allows me to do that in, in that way, to make a difference. It's more than just a meeting. Men, women, boys, and girls are learning about a last frontier missionary. You talked about some this morning who live in Central Asia, whom we can only know their initials because of the danger of them being in that country as a missionary who's sharing Christ with Muslims and the unreached. We're praying for that missionary on his or her birthday because they do God-sized things on their birthday, because they know that people People all over the world in missions, uh, education, are, are praying for them by name on their birthday. We're giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that allows a young couple and their two young daughters from Bowling Green, Kentucky, to serve with the International Mission Board in the Amazon Basin. They're ministering to a people group there who have never, ever heard the name of Jesus. Young boys and girls in GA and RA and Children in Action are learning where the Amazon Basin is and how to pray for those two daughters known as Third Culture Kids, formerly MKs. They're discovering ways to minister to them through GAs and RAs and CA. They're making cards and sending special items to them, perhaps things that they can't get in the Amazon basin now that they were used to having when they were here in Kentucky, letting them know that children in America still care. We're putting together small toys, mittens, socks, toothbrushes, and so on in a shoebox that will be shipped to children all over the world who will learn about the love of Jesus through that box. We're putting together some needed food items for that lost neighbor living next to the church that's recently been laid off from work. We're gathering at church and making vegetable soup, taking it to shut-ins and visiting with some who haven't had a visitor in a while. We're teaming up with a neighboring church, preparing and serving lunch to college students at the BCM so they will be able to spend the summer on mission sharing Christ to the lost in Africa and other countries. We're passing out flyers to the Hispanic people we come in contact with while we're at the grocery store sharing with them of the new Hispanic church in the association. 
We're having a world craft party, purchasing handmade crafts made by artisans from all around the world so that we here in America can give them as Christmas gifts. But by purchasing these items, we're providing a sustainable income to people in poverty, enabling them to provide for their families, some for the very first time. We're collecting monies to be given to Pure Water, Pure Love so that our missionaries have pure, safe drinking water by providing filters and water purification equipment at no cost to every missionary that the IMB sends that has a need for one. National WMU and your church have teamed up on a water project before, and I felt blessed that I knew when I saw Woodburn Baptist Church, I was on the committee, I said, I know them. What a great church. What a great church that loves to share Christ. We're being the hands and feet of Jesus, going on prepackaged missions trips called Family Fest, where families and can serve together on mission. We're praying for PTSD victims and learning ways to identify and minister to them through Project Help. You know, when Jesus went back into heaven, he left behind disciples and a number of new believers. Who would have expected great things from them? They were just ordinary people like you and like me. Yet they were faithful to tell the wonderful story of Jesus. Twenty centuries later, now you and I, we, can know his story because that group of disciples and new believers kept telling the story of Jesus. Century by century, the story has been and continues to be told all around the world. And now, it's our turn. It's our responsibility to be like John and Peter in Acts 4.20 when they said, we cannot keep quiet. We must speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. Let me ask you this. If a friend of yours was talking about you to someone else, how long would they talk about you before they would mention that you were a Christian? Would they mention it at all? Do your friends and coworkers even know that you are a believer? Who will you tell? Because you cannot help keep, keep speaking about what you have seen and heard. People need to see Christ in our lives, not just from our lips, but from our actions as well. We're learning now that in this postmodern world that we live in, lost people, especially young lost people, will not listen to someone who only says they are a Christian, but yet in their life, they still look like the world. They want to see Christ is real in our life. There has to be something that's different in our lives than from someone in the world. The opportunity we have to share the gospel and lead people to Christ, it's a unique gift and a responsibility that God has given each one of us. People need to see your everyday lives loving people like Jesus loved, where every encounter with every person in their everyday life matters. Your pastor may never see the people you come in contact with every day. Our missionaries cannot see them all. Let me ask you, are you living as God intended you to? Does your life show his love? The question may not be, what do I need to do to live for him every day? The question may be this, what do I need to stop doing that, so that I can live totally for him every day? Let's ask ourselves, what takes up more of my time and energy? What, makes, uh, what matters more than sharing God's love and hope to people who desperately need the abundant life that Jesus died to give? What's stopping you and me from sharing Christ daily because the lost are literally everywhere? 
There are 259 million lost people living in the United States and Canada alone. That's three out of four people when you go out those doors you're going to meet that don't know Jesus. Today, this Sunday, this very day, only 12% of people in Kentucky will be in church this morning. Yes, there is vast lostness in our world, and this can be overwhelming, but we as an individual can make a difference as this young boy did. There was once a vacationing businessman who was walking along the big beach when he saw this young boy. Along the shore, there were tons and tons of starfish that had washed up the, by the tide and were sure to die before the tide would return. But the boy was walking along slowly along the shore, and as he came down to his starfish, uh, he would reach down and pick one up and toss it back into the ocean. The businessman, hoping to, hoping to teach the boy a lesson in common sense, he walked up to the boy and he said, You know, son, I've been watching you and what you're doing. You have a good heart, and I know you mean well, but do you realize how many beaches there are around here and how many starfish have wa are dying every day on the beach? Surely such an industrious and kind-hearted boy like yourself could do something better with your time. Do you really think that what you're doing is going to make a difference? The little boy, he looked up at the man and he looked down at the starfish that was by his foot. He picked up the starfish and he gently tossed it back into the ocean. He said, it makes a difference to that one. There are many lost people in our path every day, people you need to share his story with. We can't win them all, but we can make a difference in the ones whom God puts in our path each day. We should be comfortable sharing what we believe and discussing our faith any time. We have to keep the story living, not only through our words, but also through the lives we, de we do. I was getting ready to get on an airplane going to Africa, and the drums just made me think of Africa. I've been there three times, and it was just a pleasant experience this morning. But I'm, I usually smile. I don't know if it, I just smile all the time. And for that particular day, we were going to South Africa, getting ready to get on a plane for 16 hours. That ought to make anybody smile, right? So uh, I was smiling, of course, in the airplane, and this big burly man came up to me, didn't know him from Adam, it didn't matter to me, and he said, you're awful happy for someone who's just getting ready to get on an airplane for 16 hours, and then the first thing out of my mouth said, well, when you have the love of Jesus in your heart, it just makes you want to smile. Well, he was taken aback, and I know he was a believer because he said, ma'am, you are exactly right. The girl that was on my team with me said, Linda, did you see his whole countenance change? All because I smiled and said the love of Jesus lived in my heart, made him think, hey, you know, he's in mine too, and I need to be smiling and sharing him a little bit more. We have to be careful because our lives, you know, it can lead someone to Christ, but our lives can also lead someone away from him. Listen to this story. There was a stressed out, very busy woman. None of us are like that, I'm sure. She had just dropped her daughter off at piano lessons and her son off at football practice, and she was on her way to an appointment herself, and she was running a little late, as we all sometimes do. So she was tailgating the car in front of her. I'm sure no one can relate to that story. As the car in front of her slowed quickly for the red light, you know, some of us sneak on through, but this car had stopped right in front of her. She became so frustrated that she just laid on the horn, but she didn't stop there. She was shaking her fist at the driver ahead and using other sign language gestures I won't go into this morning, all, all mouthing at the same time. And as she was sitting there waiting for the light to change, the busy mom was approached by a police officer who came up and tapped on the driver's side window, and he had her get out of the car and put her hands up. 
and he took her downtown so now she's very angry and he was she was hauled off down to the local police station where she was fingerprinted photographed and placed in a holding cell but after a couple of hours the policeman opened the cell door and he had to let her out and as they were walking out of the station the policeman told her he said you know ma'am I'm so sorry there's been a big mistake I have to offer you an apology he said you know I pulled up behind your car when you uh, uh, were cussing up a blue streak meanwhile I noticed your what would Jesus do bumper sticker and your follow me to Sunday school window decal and your chrome plated Christian fish emblem on your trunk he said well naturally I thought the car was stolen <clears throat> you know I have told that story all over the globe and I get the same reaction it's a funny story but you know if we're real honest with ourselves we can all relate to it sometime in our life in our everyday lives, when we're the, going through life and we're the least aware, there are people watching us, especially if we profess to be a Christian. Our actions can share his story, too. It's our job to tell his story any way we can. Look for opportunities that God gives you in your everyday lives. I was at Aldi. You know, Aldi's a discount grocery store. I love me some Aldi. Jim's usually with me. But this particular day, he was this night. It was after church. We go to the grocery on Wednesday night after church. He wasn't with me. These two international students, and I'm going to hurry because my time is short, but this is a good story. But anyway, I'm in line, and I, they're talking to each other, and I can tell there's a, a small problem. They weren't speaking my language, but I could still tell that. They're digging in every pocket they have, and they look at the girl and finally say, uh, we're a little short, so what? we're going to decide what items to put back. And I was next in line putting my stuff up on the belt and I said no 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 don't do that I said I saw what they had uh they don't have beer and cigarettes or nothing there so anyway I said I'll just put it on mine I was next in line just made perfect sense to me and uh, they looked at me like I had three heads again and I said no no really it's okay just whatever they're short just put it on mine well they dug around they finally came up with enough money so I didn't have to ante up but anyway, they go on out, and then I do my thing, and the, the clerk, she just looked at me funny, never said anything. So I go ahead and bag mine up, and as I'm going out, here they come, these two guys. I said, oh, it's dark. Oh, God, you got this one. They came up to me, and they said, ma'am, we just have to know why you did what you did in there. I said, well, let me tell you about my Jesus. I said, Linda Cooper, let me just tell you right now. She couldn't have done that. But Jesus Christ lives in me. Do you know Jesus Christ? They said, uh, 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 no, I'm Buddhist. No, I'm Muslim. And finally they said, no, ma'am, we don't believe. I said, oh, but my God is real. He lives in me. He walks with me. He talks with me. And you can know him too. I said, do you have a Bible? Have you ever read God's holy word? And uh, at that time, I was not carrying Bibles in my car. I have Bibles in my car now. And I share them in times like these. And I said, I want you to get a Bible. I want you to start reading in John. I said, it will speak to you and you can know my Jesus too. I did share the plan of salvation with them in the parking lot at Aldi. And I pray for my Aldi boys. I had a business card at that time. I was president of Kentucky WMU and it had my name, my address, my telephone, my email. They could have been at my house and knocked me in the head. But I give it to Jesus. He's not going to take me a minute before he's ready for me anyhow. And I just pray for my Aldi boys when I go to Aldi. And I hope that prones you is when you go to Aldi, look for those ways that you can minister to people and share Christ with them uh, and pray for my Aldi boys that they, before they go back to their country, can find my Jesus. 
You know, when Jesus returned to heaven, he had left his disciples to tell his story, and there's not been a change in the last 20 centuries. His story lives on because faithful disciples like you have continued to tell it by singing in word and deed, whatever way he speaks to you as you are going. The lost world is shouting, this, tell me the story of Jesus right on my heart, every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Share the story of Jesus and make a difference in the lives of those whom God puts in your path. Maybe there's one here today that doesn't know Jesus personally. My prayer is to, for you not to leave here today without him so that you can begin your story in him today. You know, there was a pastor once that I heard speak, and he told of a young boy at his church that he once pastored, and you all probably have young boys like this in your church. He wasn't necessarily mischievous. He was just one of those kids who was always asking those hard questions like, what does Jesus look like, and what color are his eyes? You know, questions like that. But one day, the boy was about nine, and he made his way down the front, wanting to ask Jesus into his heart, but he had a question for the pastor. He said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, but I'm just a little boy. If I ask Jesus into my heart, won't he stick out? Wow. Evangelism in a nine-year-old of whom we could all learn something from. If we have Jesus in our heart, he should stick out. People should be able to see him in us. May people see Jesus in you as you can't help speaking about what you have seen and heard with those whom God puts in your path as you go. As your pastor comes, think about what the Lord is saying to you today and respond. I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for having me.